Chapter 65 Fiora sat in the darkness and stared at the dagger. It was as elegant as it was deadly. The blade and handle were carved from a single pearl and decorated with symbols like the ones used to carve songs into seashells. But this enchantment was not created with a song. It drew power from hair and blood. From the body itself. Forbidden magic. The knife gleamed in the moonlight, swirls of red and black that had once been the mermaid's hair trapped in its luminescent surface. They danced around each other as if they were alive. Fiora closed her eyes, but the colors remained, dancing through black instead of white. The sun would rise soon. She could feel it. The pain had spread from her legs to her stomach and settled there in knots that refused to uncurl. Would it hurt to turn to sea foam? Or would it come as a relief to fade into the waves and gently wash to shore? Fiora bit her lip, wishing she could scream in frustration. She didn't want to die. And she didn't want to kill. She set the pearl knife on a nearby table and stared at the moon until Althea's signal came. Her aunt's soft song made the dagger flicker like candlelight, as if it could sense the magic in the mermaid's voice. Fiora pushed off the chair and gasped in pain as her feet hit the floor. She gathered up the full skirt of Dowager Queen Bernadine's gown and looked down at her legs. Dark bruises had spread across her skin. They traced the patterns of her veins and crawled up her ankles. Fiora took a shuddering breath and picked up the knife. There was only one way to stop this. And it must be stopped. The ship's deck was empty. Fiora heard a noise in the distance and squinted at the horizon. Althea's distraction had apparently involved luring the entire crew into a lifeboat and sending them back to shore. The boat floated towards Montaigne and disappeared into the darkness. So long as Gustav and Elspeth stayed asleep, no one could stop her. Fiora limped across the deck, stumbling as waves rocked the ship. She tried to hurry as she felt the curse's magic growing, but it was no good. She couldn't walk any faster than her current pace. The rough wood of the ship's deck stabbed her feet, aggravating her skin rather than soothing it as the cool marble had. If she had been walking on knives before, she was walking on broken glass now. Fiora kept her gaze on the cabin door as she moved. She needed to focus on her goal. The knife warmed in her hand as if agreeing with her. When she finally reached the other side of the ship, Fiora leaned against the wood to rest for a moment. She pressed her ear against the door and listened. She heard only soft, rhythmic breathing. The newlyweds were asleep. Fiora turned the latch and pushed. The door opened without a sound. The candles had sputtered out, but the moon shone through the window brightly enough to illuminate the room. Gustav lay asleep in the bed. Elspeth's side was empty. It seemed a new bride had gone elsewhere after her groom fell asleep. Fiora pushed the door closed and locked it. Then she swallowed and turned back to the bed. Gustav still wore his suit from the gala. The one that matched Fiora's gown. At some point he had put on shoes, and he hadn't bothered to take them off before going to sleep. He lay on top of the covers in a wrinkled mess. His hair was tousled, and something sticky stained his beard. His right hand stretched across the bed towards the place where Elspeth should have been. Fiora stared at his hand for a moment. It looked lonely, lying empty on the bed by itself like that. If they were truly in love, shouldn't they be snuggled together? Where had the bride gone? 
Fiora shook her head. It was a good thing that Elspeth was gone. She needed to hurry and finish this before her sister returned. Pain rippled from her stomach to her chest, and Fiora doubled over in agony. She was running out of time. She leaned against the wall, using it to keep herself upright as she limped towards Gustav. Why did it have to be Gustav? Why couldn't she have stabbed a random crew member? Or Elspeth? Would the dagger work if she killed Elspeth instead? There was no time to ask Althea, and Fiora shook the thought away. As much as she hated her half-sister, she didn't want to kill her. Elspeth was family. And Gustav was. Fiora paused, studying Gustav's peaceful face. What was Gustav to her? A friend, certainly. Also the man who had betrayed her. The one who had offered hope then ripped it away. Fiora pushed away from the wall and raised the knife. It was simple enough. Plunge the dagger into his heart. Spill his blood and save her life. She stood for a long moment with the knife raised. Gustav's chest rose and fell as he breathed peacefully. Stop that breathing and save yourself. Silence his gentle voice forever. The dagger glowed brighter, filling the cabin with an ethereal glow. It seemed eager to fulfill its purpose. As if it could sense what she was about to do. The life she was about to take. Gustav's face blurred as Fiora's eyes filled with tears. She lowered the knife. She couldn't do it. Call it weakness. Call it crazy. But no matter how he had betrayed her, Fiora could not kill this man. She loved him too much. The realization washed over her in waves almost as painful as the curse. She dropped to her knees and gasped for air as silent sobs shook her body. She loved Gustav. He did not return her love. He never would. But that changed nothing. Love was a thing freely given. Not a prize to be earned. And she would give it. She would pay for it with her life. Fiora set the knife on the floor and raised shaking hands. I love you. I know you can't see me. You wouldn't hear me even if I could speak. But I love you, and I hope you'll be happy. Fiora crawled forward, smoothed Gustav's tangled hair, and kissed him softly on the forehead. He stirred, and Fiora stiffened. What would she do if he woke up now? How on earth would she explain what she was doing in his bedroom on his wedding night? But Gustav only smiled and sighed in his sleep. He was probably dreaming of Elspeth. Fiora didn't have the strength to stand. She grabbed the knife and crawled across the floor. She unlocked the door, pulled herself over the ship's deck, and leaned against the railing. Althea, Kathleen, and Zoe floated in the ocean below. They looked at her with hopeful expressions that quickly turned to horror. No, Althea said. Fiora, he's not worth it. Fiora stared at them a moment longer, silently apologizing. Then she lifted the dagger and threw it as far as she could. The pearl knife hit the water with a hiss and disappeared beneath the waves. Chapter 66 Black and gold swirled together in Gustav's dreams. He had the vague feeling that he should be resting, but instead his heart pounded it as he fought something he couldn't quite name. Pressure built in his forehead, and he wished he could sleep and forget it all. If he slept more, maybe he could remember whatever was pressing at the back of his mind. 
the faint sense of urgency that he was missing something important. Something soft and warm pressed against his forehead. The gold mist shone brighter for a moment, then disappeared into darkness. His headache vanished. Gustav tried to open his eyes, but he couldn't move his eyelids. He couldn't move anything. His body refused to cooperate. But his mind was finally clear. The thing he had been trying to remember flooded back to him. It was a face. A woman. She sat beside him on a beach. Her red hair gleamed in the moonlight, and her blue eyes sparkled. She sang to him. A song of healing that washed away the pain. And finally, Gustav recognized her. Princess Fiora. She had saved him somehow. Found him at sea and brought him to safety. Why hadn't he remembered that before? Another face appeared in the memory. This woman was similar to Fiora, but her hair was less red and her eyes less blue. She sang as well, but instead of healing Gustav, the song imprisoned him, wrapping around his thoughts and filling his mind with confusion. He had been cursed. Elspeth had used a song to ensnare him and make him forget Fiora. Gustav tried to sit up, but his body still refused to move. The events of the past few hours rushed back to him. Elspeth appearing at the gala and luring him away from Lady Mare with her song. Lady Mare was Princess Fiora. Why hadn't he seen that before? Had he actually married Elspeth? Gustav groaned as scenes from the evening flickered through his mind. No wonder his grandmother had been furious. Colette had probably been working like mad to find a way to stop him. What else could explain her disheveled state at the ceremony? But Gustav was king, and he had insisted. And Marquis Corbo had been prepared for anything. The mattress rocked beneath him, and Gustav remembered that he was on a boat. On his honeymoon. Last it all. He was on a honeymoon with Elspeth. He searched his memory, trying to remember what exactly had happened once they left Montaigne. His stomach churned as he remembered his lips on hers. His hands on her waist. Had it gone further than that? He didn't think so, but why couldn't he remember? There had been wine. A strange bitter taste. That which had drugged him. Gustav fought the drowsiness that held him captive. It didn't feel magical. Not like the golden fog that Elspeth had spun with her song. This was likely caused by whatever she had slipped into his wine. Something had made the fog disappear. Why had it suddenly released him? According to Elaine's research, it was likely true love's kiss or exposure to the same kind of magic that had created it. Elspeth had cursed him with a song. Gustav didn't remember hearing anyone else sing when the golden mist faded. Had someone kissed him then? Was that what the soft touch on his forehead had been? Gustav opened his eyes and found himself alone in the moonlit cabin. Whoever had kissed him was gone. As was his bride. Gustav pushed himself up and stood. He swayed and waited for the dizziness to pass. He needed to get out of here. He needed to escape and find Lady Mare and apologize. Lady Mare is Princess Fiora. On one hand, that seemed unbelievable. It would take some getting used to. On the other, it seemed obvious. Why hadn't he realized it before? Fiora's bright blue eyes had stayed with him since that day on the docks in Ionia. Why hadn't he realized they were the same as Lady Mare's? 
because of the curse, although that felt like a thin excuse. He should have been stronger. Should have realized what was happening and fought it. Should have resisted Elspeth somehow. He hoped Fiora would forgive him. He hoped he could explain. He had been so convinced that she was under a spell, but he had been the one cursed all along. But Princess Fiora wasn't mute, and she had sung for him that day on the beach. Why had she remained silent as Lady Mare? Gustav stumbled as a wave of dizziness swept over him. He crashed into the table, knocking over the poison wine as he scrambled to catch his balance and stay upright. The ruby liquid ran over the wood, soaking a stack of papers held in place by a large conch shell. He rubbed his head, trying to push away the last of the dizziness, and stumbled out of the cabin. He tripped on something outside the door and cried out in alarm when he saw what it was. Princess Fiora lay sprawled unconscious on the ship's deck. Chapter 67 Fiora groaned as someone lifted her into the air. Her whole body ached as she moved, then settled onto something soft. A bed? She opened her eyes. Pain blurred her vision, and she breathed deeply until her head cleared enough for her to see the person sitting next to her. It was Gustav. He studied her with concern and gently took her hand. Lady Mare, I mean, Princess Fiora, I am so sorry. I know there is no excuse for this. I. He looked away from her, studying the room with an anguished expression. Gustav? Fiora gasped and clamped her hands over her mouth. Had she just spoken out loud? That was impossible. Unless. She looked down at her ring. The mysterious streak of gold on the pearl had disappeared. The gem glowed softly in the candlelight. Brighter than it ever had when her father's love had powered the charm. The color looked different. A little warmer somehow. It had a coppery hue that was a similar color to her hair. I love you, Fiora. Gustav said the words in a rush as he grabbed her hands again. I know. I. Fiora meant to say more, but a spasm of pain took her breath away. Gustav's eyes grew wide with concern as she gasped for air. Fiora, what's wrong? Why didn't it work? Fiora's voice carried a hint of magic that made the spilled wine tremble on the table. Why was she still in pain? Gustav loved her. His love had restored the pearl, which had restored her voice. But she had yet to break the mermaid's enchantment. Why didn't what work? What do you need? The shell. She needed the conch shell carved with the transformation song. Fiora glanced around the room as if mere wishing could bring it back. She blinked and stared at the table across the room. A large conch shell sat in a pile of dark red liquid. Fiora sat up to reach for it, but her body trembled and she fell back to the bed in a wave of pain. The shell, she whimpered. Gustav looked from her to the shell, taking a moment to realize what she wanted. Then he stood to retrieve it for her. Oh, I don't think that's a good idea. Gustav and Fiora looked around the room searching for the source of Elspeth's voice. Then they saw her. She was in the mirror. Not reflected in it. Actually in it. Something large and gray floated behind her. With a start, Fiora realized it wasn't floating. It was being carried by massive hands that blended into the darkness. Elspeth walked closer and slowly came into focus, 
as did the objects behind her. The great thing was the statue of King Francois. The hands belonged to a hulking shape made of stone and shadow. It had stocky legs and massive arms that held the statue as if it weighed nothing at all. A horned head peeked from behind the stone as it walked. What is that smell? Fiora asked. She was in agony, and the smell wasn't helping. Gustav wrinkled his nose in disgust. It will fade, Elspeth said. Then she stepped out of the mirror. Huge, clawed hands reached out after her and set the statue of King Francois into the cabin. Then the hulking shape pulled back and disappeared. A fresh sea breeze blew the stench away, but Fiora still tasted it in her mouth. Gustav, what are you doing in bed with another woman on our wedding night? Elspeth smiled and sang softly, her voice laced with magic. Fiora tensed and looked at Gustav. The spell was meant for him. Had Elspeth enchanted him somehow? Was that why he had abandoned her in the ballroom? Gustav took Fiora's hand and glared at Elspeth. Whatever hold the song had once had over him, it seemed powerless now. Elspeth scowled. Abandoning your bride so soon? What a shame. What are you doing with my father? I suppose I should have kept a closer eye on you, Fiora, but I honestly didn't expect you to escape and kiss him. I was hoping you'd stab him like your aunt suggested. It would have made everything so much simpler. You kissed me? Fiora laughed, amused that Gustav was more interested in the kissing than the stabbing. The laugh turned into a cough that sent spasms through her body. There wasn't much time left before sunrise. The shell. Please. Her voice was little more than a whisper, but Gustav heard. He always heard. He reached for the shell, but Elspeth grabbed it and shook her head. I suppose I shouldn't have left that lying around. Now then. Gustav lunged towards her and ripped the shell from her hands. Elspeth flung herself at him and clawed up his arm. Gustav sidestepped and pushed her away. Elspeth crashed to the floor in a tangle of bright hair and white silk. Gustav handed the shell to Fiora then bowed to Elspeth. Apologies, my lady. You? How dare you? While Elspeth struggled to untangle herself from her voluminous skirt, Fiora quickly read through the notes on the conch shell to make sure she knew how to sing the enchantment. You really should have stayed asleep, your majesty. Elspeth crawled across the floor and placed her palm against the mirror. Leander, are you there? Of course, princess. What do you need? Fiora didn't wait to see what Leander and Elspeth had planned. She removed her ring so it wouldn't interfere with the song and tied it into a strand of her hair. Then she took a deep breath and began to sing. The magic of her voice filled the room as she followed the notes on the shell. Gustav watched in alarm as her singing turned into more of a desperate scream. The pain in Fiora's chest eased as magic coursed through her veins. Relief spread through her skin, then traveled deeper into her body. Her legs knit together, and her feet flattened into fins. Her formal gown covered most of her fin, but not the gills that appeared on her neck or the scales that appeared on her arms. Fiora. Gustav stared at her with wide eyes. I'm so sorry, Fiora said. I didn't know how to tell you. She sat up and flipped her tail over the edge of the bed. The sea beckoned to her through the window, sparkling with moonlight and the stars overhead. 
Her shimmering fin peeked out from under the gown. Gustav noticed it and swallowed. He seemed speechless. Fiora's heart sank. She would have preferred to explain everything to him first, but there hadn't been time. And now she had to leave him. But how exactly was she going to get into the water? Before Fiora could decide the answer to that question, Elspeth began to sing. Leander's voice rang through the mirror, joining her in a slow duet. Their voices blended together in perfect harmony, weaving human and mermaid song into a single spell. But what spell were they weaving? Fiora looked to Gustav to see if he knew. But he wasn't looking at her or Elspeth. He was staring at his feet. Fiora followed his gaze and gasped. Gustav's feet had turned to stone. The spell climbed up his ankles, draining the color from his clothes as they transformed. Gustav tried to run. His knees jerked from side to side and his arms waved, but his feet stayed frozen in place. Gustav. Fiora tried to stand to help him and crashed to the floor. Last it all, she had forgotten that she was a mermaid again. She flopped awkwardly, pulling herself towards him. The ship lurched, and she rolled against Gustav's legs. They were solid stone. The enchantment spread to his knees, locking them in place, and continued to crawl up his thighs. I'll stop her, Fiora said. She pushed with her tail, trying to crawl towards Elspeth. Her scales slid against her smooth silk skirt, and she stayed exactly where she was. Fiora gave up on that and grabbed the bedpost so she could pull herself instead. Strong hands wrapped around her waist and lifted her into the air. Fiora found herself in Gustav's arms, hugged against his chest. He smiled sadly at her, and his gray eyes shone with love. Good idea, Fiora said. Throw me at her so I can shut her up. She placed her hands on Gustav's chest, ready to push off for extra momentum so she could launch herself at Elspeth and wipe that smug smile off her sister's face. Gustav shook his head. Run, Fiora. Before she could protest, King Gustav twisted as far as he could and threw Fiora out the window. 